And introducing for the very first time, drumroll please. This little baby. I was trying to trying to make him squawk, but he's actually really mild mannered. He will not just he's he's very polite. He won't squawk. <laughs> Here is my little like seven day old son, Noah George Berry, and he's just in your arms right now. Yeah, he's pretty chill. He really yeah he's he's liking the podcast so far. He's checking out all the colors on the screen, which is kind of cool. Maybe I shouldn't be giving him this screen time. That might be bad parenting. I don't know. <laughs> Great point. Well, congratulations, Calvin and Katie. It's exciting uh, that you, you know, brought him into the world safe and sound. And that's why you weren't here last week. I didn't give away your secret. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we were in our own. Uh, we were we, we, we were busy, to say the least. All right, folks, welcome back to the Open Road Podcast, the place where we help you find a little bit more adventure in your everyday. My name is Calvin, here with my beautiful, uh, wow, deep v-neck today, Jer, Jeremy Ants. <laughs> it's Saturday morning, I got my Showing little- Showing up uh, some chest, my friend. I got my little white v, you know, it's usually an undershirt during the week, but uh, here we are, nothing wrong with a little bit of uh, a little bit of a deep v, you know? Nothing wrong with that. I'm- uh, Man, I'm, I'm excited about our guest today, and I'm excited to just have you and I talk a little bit more about what it means to truly prepare for the ultimate disaster. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, before we get into that, though, Calvin, I mean, you're just yes. like glossing over the fact that the biggest event possibly in your entire life happened Very possible. a week ago, or what is it, eight days, nine days ago? Uh, eight days ago. Eight days ago. Like yeah, man. You, Calvin Barry, are officially yep. a father. Yep. Bring it. How does it feel? It happened. Uh, uh, you know what, Jer? It's. I mean, I. I, I guess kind of like it, like it's like that classic question when everyone asks you on your birthday, "Do, do you, you feel, feel like a year older? older?" No, of course you don't. Like no, th- there's no big. I mean, significant change. But I mean, it's been awesome having this little guy. Um, just rolling his way around the house, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun so far. And they, this first week has been pretty blissful. I mean, I think that's kind of what everyone says. The first week is really calm, and he just kind of sleeps a lot, and he's super cute, and he's opening his eyes and just cooing away and trying to chat. But uh, yeah, it's awesome. I'd highly recommend it. When you like held him in your arms for the first time, was that like a yes. fascinating feeling? That actually was. That was really cool. Like having that just like straight from like inside my wife's body to boom out into the oxygen and then holding him. That's a pretty cool moment. Yeah. I would uh I, I'm I'm very squeamish and so I was hesitant to be that involved and I just my wife was fearful, as was I, that I was gonna hit the deck, but I did really <laughs> great and I just rose to the occasion, I think. Um Adrenaline took over, I'm sure, to some degree. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a really, really cool, really special moment. I would highly recommend if you or any of our listeners are hesitant to be in that position, I would say you definitely got to do it. It was an adventure worth having. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you got to be there for the whole thing. I think something that's super fascinating about it is the just elevated level of essentially drama 
you know, we go through our lives yeah. pretty pretty standard. A day is a day, rolls into the next. That's why we talk about adventure in the everyday on this podcast. How do we right. you know, make days feel a little bit less normal or include things in our days that elevate the mm-hmm. sense of adventure? But to mm-hmm. me, this day is like the absolute peak of human uh I don't know, drama or just excitement or crazy stuff happening right now, no escape. I would say like to, to go along with that, like just that whole experience, we there was just so many emotions that were like going through all at once. It was kind of like it was almost like an overload of emotions because yeah. it's like it's scary, it's exciting, but it's like it's just like yeah, it, it, it's really, really wild. I don't think I've ever had that kind of like roller coaster or flood of emotions ever in my life before. Wow. It, it, so it was like, yeah, super like super joyous, but also like scary at times, and and uh, yeah, it was just really cool. And d- does it because it's so much all at once? Do you feel as though you had to take a few days to like come down from it or to process? Or you? Oh, s- I'm sure, sure you're still like, doing we that. Just, we were for sure like physically exhausted, but I feel like we were also like yeah, just kind of mentally exhausted, and we just needed to yeah have a few days and and just rest and. Yeah, and they, it's cool, like, having this little guy around to cuddle is a pretty sweet little uh, recovery tool. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I yeah. imagine. But uh, what was the other thing I wanted to tell you about that? Um, shoot, I'll think of it later. Yeah, I mean, um, so so yeah. so Katie and I, we came to the hospital to see you guys, which was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. When we, when we came up to go to your place and we knew you guys were at the hospital making this all happen, I, w- yes. I was like... I was actually feeling a lot of weird feelings that I hadn't felt in a long time because I felt that I was like driving into the eye of the storm as we like you were coming up north. Yeah, because we were going to we were going to we had planned to hang out with you guys and cook a couple meals for you. And then the baby like Mm -hmm. was coming. But so then I was like, well, do we still go? Like, isn't this a private moment that they want? Like, do I like, do I really want to get that close? Like, I don't want to intrude. And then we just like, yeah, we're driving yeah. right into the to the middle of it. And it was hard to know what to say or what to ask or when to like mm-hmm. communicate with you guys. So it was a kind of weird for me too to be in that moment. And I was like, kind of just hesitant to be around. Well, it, it's a super weird thing too for like from my perspective to like how to tell everyone and just like to, I guess I'm like texting people that should know or like when do i tell who what and (laughs) how much detail and that was all kind of i don't know it was just kind of there that was kind of like a lot of work but we uh we just figured it out and there was people around and yeah a lot of people that we just didn't have to tell because they already knew from someone else so that was actually kind of nice right Um, and and that yeah and that's the other thing too like you it's also this kind of awkward um this awkward thing where from the outside, you know a whole lot of stuff is going on at the hospital with mm-hmm. those people, and having this baby yeah. is no easy task. And then, like after it's done, like the only thing you want to know is like, uh, is the baby healthy and is everyone okay? Yeah. And then is you, everyone okay? And then you want to like hold almost everything else like at arm's reach. Like I don't yes. want to know. Yes. And I feel that's kind of is that what did that feel isolating? Um, a little bit. I mean, but yeah, I don't know. Like again, like there's just so much going on, and there's just like. There has to be like a lot of information communicated all at once right. for for like basically all three of us, right? Like everyone wants to know how all three of us are doing and and the whole situation. Um, the really cool thing that I 
enjoyed about it and and the lead up to it is that there's no like there's no schedule or day when you know this is all going to go down right. it really is a complete surprise and it just catches you off guard and i think that's just like so cool because we don't have that very much in our lives like birth and death are kind of like that yeah and maybe like natural disasters where you s- truly get caught off guard yeah with timing and of course like we just had to like drop everything and go like you came to our house and it was like yeah it looked like maybe <laughs> someone had just <laughs> had a meal and left or whatever um but that's kind of cool i i think like that's the best way to do it and if you want to like over prepare it would almost be it might almost just drive you crazy right like because you it still is this you know, re- literal ticking time bomb with no for sure, with no yeah. screen to know when it's happening. You kind of have a rough idea, exactly, obviously, yeah. but well, that actually is a decent decent segue into uh, this this uh, conversation we're going to have today with Jason. But um, yes, and 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 you know, there's probably some listeners who are like, "Oh no, I want to hear more about the Calvin's baby and the story and this that and the other." And it'll come, you know, it'll come. this baby is is here. He's living and he's gonna he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be around. We'll we'll keep telling stories, but. But yeah. Calvin, the interesting segue from you being a father now to the guy we're talking with today mm-hmm, is he is mm-hmm. a prepper, and a prepper is someone who prepares themselves and their families for different disasters, worst case, worst scenario. case scenarios. And so, right. so now that you have a a child, are you like, oh, I really need to uh, t- like? Do you have that paternal instinct to like really protect in a bigger way now? I mean, I have the only time that i felt that is when we were driving home from the hospital when i was just like very cautious about driving okay and even like i listened to that um conversation you had with um jay just about him driving on the highway and i was like yeah you know what like that's crazy like it's so not worth it like texting and driving and something that i'm guilty of once in a while but uh yeah like for sure it just that added um i don't know that added weight to to me having that now is significant. So there's like this heightened awareness. Yeah. Okay, Jerry, I got to pause. My dad's trying to call me like 15 times right now. <laughs> All right, let's pause. <laughs> so where were we here, Calvin? I think it's interesting, yeah, to talk about now this idea of, okay, you have this little bit of a heightened sent- yeah, sense yeah. of awareness around um, being a father, more lives to feed, more, more mouths to feed rather, more things things to take care of um are you scared about natural disasters in a I new mean, way we talked about this jared i mean when has a natural disaster <laughs> ever hit this like we live in like the most i live in like this little hidden paradise where natural disasters never really struck us and uh i mean we had some cold weather last night no doubt and i was uh concerned for my bees out there in in the in the elements Ooh, but yeah. i mean uh as far as natural disasters, no, that is not something that I've really ever considered to be um, like a big uh, worry of mine. I. What about tornadoes? No, like there's no tornadoes that have really torn through here. Like that's just not, <laughs> no. Well, it's funny. I, like we grew up on, on yeah. Lake Ontario. And so p- part of me when I first learned of like tidal waves and like, um, uh, what are they? Yeah, those massive monsoons and all that i was so scared because our house was so close a to the tsunami. water and then i realized it's just a lake it's not a there's no there's right, no right. tide even if even like there's no way that a, a wave is ever going to come crashing over our house i mean i guess that's what you get for living inland it's like not as cool as living on the coast but i mean definitely is safer like you're protected by like so much of this 
craziness that comes from the ocean hurricanes and yeah like tidal waves and flooding and all that but i mean we're inland well one thing we chat about in this interview coming up is this idea of bugging out which is in the case of something is just getting out of the city living in the wilderness figuring it out and surviving and for you you'd have to walk like two minutes to do that (laughs) two minutes yeah and, and then and then i feel like yeah like what are some of the big i don't know like worries or scenarios we deal with there i mean for sure, like cold temperatures is a big thing for yeah. us, yeah. right? I mean, that's that that would definitely be the hardest thing to to uh, to manage and and survive through. Like, there's loads of fresh water, and uh, I mean, whatever we can eat stuff in the woods, we'd be able to figure it out. Yeah, and I I feel as though um, there's also so many empty cottages in the winter that if things oh, were to yeah. get crazy, you would just and like your town was like run out, oh, you know, whatever overrun then you could go and find some random cottage break in and start a fire and be fine (laughs) for sure for sure it it is it is kind of fun to think about what you would do in those scenarios well it is for sure but i think like with our guest i mean let's i mean i guess let's just get into it with our guest but i mean and we'll talk a little bit more about it after but he's just in like kind of the most extreme scenario where he's living in the heart of like the, the biggest city in maybe it's the world or no but like the u.s like in New York City, like the most urban uh, developed places. And then what do you do if like a disaster hits that so hard where you need to just pick up and leave? Like it is just crazy to think about that. All right, let's bring him on and then we'll chat a little bit more afterwards. This is Jason Charles from New York City. Okay, we're here with Jason Charles, a.k.a. the Angry Prepper, here to give us a a small uh, snippet into the life of a prepper and... uh, from from the Big Apple live. Here's Jason. Uh, how's it going tonight, Jason? Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. It's, it's interesting to talk to you. We kind of found you um, a few different streams on the internet, and so we thought it'd just kind of be a fun conversation to dive into um, what you're doing, and then kind of as your, I mean, hobby and and uh, and recreation, but also like you have a very interesting um, career that you you do. So I mean, let's. Uh, I think let's dive into some of the prepper stuff right away. And can you give us kind of just an overview, maybe definition of what a prepper is? A prepper is somebody who prepares for uh, a disaster or an emergency, right? So it doesn't okay. have it doesn't have to be uh, uh, the end all be all disaster. It could be something as small as a house fire to okay. something as uh, as big as a hurricane, like Katrina, Sandy, and Irene. Right. Right. So those are you, you're just preparing for the worst is what it is. And in and what kind of settings are you specifically doing this in? I'm doing it in an urban setting. Right. So it's not a suburb. Okay. It's not the yep. whole area. It's uh, New York City where there's millions of people and you have to contend with a lot of different uh, obstacles living here in the city. Oh, yeah, of course. So can you run us through maybe um, a couple of like your. I mean, your your favorite or scenarios or some of the uh, more notable ones that you've done in the city? Um, scenarios as in like a prepper scenario? Yeah. Well, we, we also, we do something like bug out walks, right? So bug out walks is to get people prepared for uh, bugging out. So we, we'll walk like a certain amount of distance in the city. Mm-hmm. I think the most we've done was like nine miles, 10 miles. Um, and that was at a slow pace because when you're bugging out, you're not, walking from A to B, um, you know, too fast. You, you have to be, uh, 
Heisicht. You have to be aware of where you're walking. So we, we threw a little curveball right. and stuff like that. You know, we didn't make it right. easy. And so the, the the nine or ten miles took a little longer than it should, you know. And is that with a bunch of gear? Is that the idea that you, you, you have, I mean, enough to survive X amount of days? Well, we we do it with, with our backpacks. We put, like, okay. weight in it. I use uh, sandbags because I don't want to carry my actual gear. But I carry the weight that I would be carrying. So when and so, can you describe even a little more about what bugging out means? So you're 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 walking out for nine miles, and then what are you doing, and how long are you staying out there? All right. So uh, when you when you bug out, it's because the area you're in is no longer um is no longer safe for you to be in. Ah, right. Got it. So okay. I, I mean, you could bug out of your home, right? You have a house fire. You grab your bag. Yeah, yeah. You go outside. Um, if the city was to come under some kind of you know bad terrorist attack I, listen a terrorist attack if you don't get out in time you're stuck in the city right you're not yeah. going anywhere yeah uh, we learned that in 9 11 uh but if it was something where you had to leave um you're taking all your gear with you you know your tent your water your, your mres uh things of that nature compass whistle and you're you're uh you're heading out of the city into, mm-hmm. into a safer area so, um, and, and what kind of ones have you guys um, run in the city? Like, um, what would be like? Like, how, how much of the scenario, I guess, do you um, do you kind of role play? Well, we we keep it general because uh, it could be anything, uh, right? Right. So, uh, like the last bug out walk, for example, we made we created uh, not shortcuts but uh, longer routes, right? So okay. the, the the path we chose all of a sudden got cut off by a a band of bad guys and, and things of that nature, right? Okay. So, so okay. So it's it's stuff so like that. So then you have to learn to reroute from there. Right. You you have to learn how to adapt. Hmm. Right. So uh, the same thing with, with going out in the um, in the the wilderness. Nine times out of ten, when you bug out, that's where most likely you're going to end up. You know, it doesn't matter where you are. Um, most people right. look for the wilderness as, as safety, hmm. but we train out in the wilderness as well because people get out there and now they don't know what to do you know right right they of course think, they think setting up a tent and 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 cooking a meal is that no there's a lot more you can do once you're out in the wilderness it's why i'm doing a haversack trip tomorrow because uh that's less weight to carry so the more you the more you know the less you carry haversack that's just going with basically just the clothes on your back a haversack is a bag uh it's it's I hate to say it this way, but it, it it's a man purse, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so... Uh, that, that's the perfect right. definition. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so um, it's you use you, you pack all your gear in that. You put the 10 C's in there, and the 10 C's were developed by uh, Dave Canterbury. So I follow his rules on that. Um, okay. So you put everything in there. You... Offhand? <laughs> no way. Um, <laughs> uh, a few of them are... are a shelter device, candling device, which is a headlamp, flashlight, okay, uh, yeah. fire starting uh, material or tools like a ferro rod, flint and steel, a water container that allows you to cap, uh, gather, sorry, gather water or, or boil it. Um, let's see, duct tape is one of them. Uh, uh, I can't. Right now, I'm drawing a blank. Duct tape is just the the universal go to tool for any scenario. That's amazing. Yes. No, that's that's fine. We'll uh, that's a cool list. We'll we'll put it in our uh, we'll put it in our show notes so people can read it. What was it called? One more time. The, the ten C's. Ten, uh, C's. ten C's. Ten C's. Yeah. 
what what's I mean, what do you do for urban? I mean, it's New York City. Um, so what's kind of the ideal bug out place? Um, you know, if, if there is no wilderness. Well, I mean, you're always going to walk out of the city unless you live in uh, something. I mean, um, yeah, even if you live somewhere like L.A., where it might take you. Mm-hmm. I actually, I don't know a city where it would take you over a day to get out. You know. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if there is uh, fine, but yeah, there's no there's no place <laughs> that I know of that that's going to take you more than a day to get out to okay. a wilderness area. You know? Okay, so that's always the goal, cool. just to you know, right. most I mean, direct line out of the city. Yes, but I, I do want to entertain um, abandoned towns mm-hmm. and and practice bugging out there. Right, so there are some cities right where when you head outside. It's like uh, suburbs or, or rural areas that have like abandoned towns. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll learn how to adapt to that because an abandoned town that's been abandoned for a long time, you know, could present some problems, right? So you 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 teach people and show people what those problems are. And so, what's your role? I mean, are are you taking a, an instructor's position in this, or are you among a group of guys that are just interested in, in banding together to to learn? Well, I I also I run a group. Uh, here in the city called NYC Preppers Network. Okay. Uh, it's a meetup group, and this is where we all we all get together. And the idea of the group was is to get new people in and and teach them how to do X, Y, and Z, right? Okay. But most people who want to prep, they want to stay in a comfort zone, and there's no such thing as a comfort zone when they're prepping. Mm-hmm. No. So, right. it, it, and and the comfort zone for them is just coming to the classroom sessions we have. And right. uh, sitting there through the lectures, but the the right. Other, it also uh, can't be predictable in any way. Exactly, right. So the other the other side of that is like they 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 don't want to go outdoors and sleep in the cold. They don't want to go outdoors and 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 sleep in the summertime, which I personally hate. Um, mm-hmm. I'll take the winter time over summer any day. Okay. Um, they you know so it's trying to get people out of the comfort zone, and that's the hard part. So what what are kind of some of the uh, the situations then where you can drive people out of their comfort zone um are you just trying to maybe catch people off guard or or just do kind of um um non-traditional teaching methods well to get them out of their comfort zone is the first step for city people is to get Mm -hmm. them out in the woods you know i mean just getting them out in the woods and sleeping overnight is a yeah is a challenge in itself right right you have to go through steps you can't uh you know get them out there the first day Two o'clock in the morning. Holy shit! We're under attack, and then get everybody out of their camps. Yeah, in February. Um, yeah. Right. It don't. It, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So to get them out of their comfort zone, just to get them up there. Yeah, that makes a lot okay. of sense, Jason. One thing I'm really curious about is, um, how did you get started in this, and what what kind of motivates you to be a prepper? And uh, I notice your your Instagram handle is the Angry Prepper. So are you? expecting something bad to happen are you simply wanting to be prepared is this something that's fun where are where are you kind of on the spectrum of having fun to no i really need to have this skill set or else bad things might happen it's uh all of the above right Mm. um okay we we saw what uh sandy and katrina would be an unprepared looks like right right um and and that's that was one portion of it. The, the other portion, it's it's fun. It's fun to like to buy all this gear, piss your wife off because you're spending all this money, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and it's it's just something I it, 
the survival aspect is something every person should know. Right. So mm. it's not it, it shouldn't be just a prepper thing or bushcraft thing. It's something every man should know because you could end up in that situation. You know? Right. Right. And it's a challenge and a half to do half the things we do anyway. You know? um, were you into this at all when when the hurricanes came through the city? Yes, I started, I think, in 09, maybe 08. OK. Um, yeah. I read a book called One Second After. Hmm. And that book. uh threw me into a tizzy and I was like, oh shit, we got to prepare today. Yeah. And three months huh. later, I had a year worth of food, which was way too fast. In your, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Um, and so like, what did you, where did you find yourself in, in the hurricanes? Like, did you, did you feel you needed to, I mean, was that just eating away at you that you had to kind of exercise some of your skills or were you just kind of staying put and doing, um, what was best for you and your family? What, doing the hurricane? Yeah, during the hurricanes. Uh, I went to work. Oh, you went to work. Yeah, I, I went to work. The the, the wife took <laughs> because over. Because you're a New York City firefighter. Right. Um, right. And, and a lot of guys, you know, probably couldn't make it in because of the storm and things like that. Right, right, right. right. So um, I, I, would, I would like to say those of us who lived a lot closer, who lived in the city, you know, we worked. Um, a lot of the guys lived in the affected areas. So um, that was one part. My wife knows what she's doing, so I I was comfortable yeah. leaving her alone. You know, two. Uh-huh. The, I live in a a five story, uh, sorry, six story, eight type building, right? Okay. So the structure on this is, is is strong. If wind blows this building over, we're in a lot serious situation than worried about a hurricane. Right. There's a lot of <laughs> other buildings over. Uh, yeah. So how does that? Um, I mean, how does the prepper um, play into like your career as a, as a firefighter? Has that kind of do they kind of uh, mold together in any way? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, people ask me fire questions sure. as to what to do in certain situations, yep. stuff like that. But not really. You know, um, mm. I sort of keep it separate. Um, I mean, I, like you say, you saw it on Instagram that so, you know says I'm a New York City fireman, but yeah, I mean, it, it really doesn't play too much of a role. You know. And is that just because they're they're different skills altogether, or you're not uh, you're just not wanting to um, mix business and pleasure? Well, I think it. it, it listen, if you, you you ask me how to prepare for fire, I'll tell you exactly what you need to do, right? So yeah. it goes along with it, but it's just that one aspect, you know, the whole fire mm. safety and and right. like what to do when there's a fire. So that's probably like, at a whole prepper scheme, that's probably like one percent of you know prepping, you know, fire mm. safety. Everybody worries about. The other side of that survival outside, uh, bands of people, you know, in, in the neighborhood causing trouble, rioting, things like that. Yeah, yeah. How big is this prepper community? When I was chatting with Calvin a little bit before this episode, I was never really heard of this. Um, we, we live in a fairly safe part of Canada. I've never worried too much about natural disasters or about crazy stuff happening, so I haven't really been exposed to it. But how? Tell me a little bit about the community that you found yourself in, and clearly you're leading meetup groups and stuff. Uh, I mean, in New York, let's say roughly there's 9 million people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there's only like 400 followers per se. Right. Okay. Um, it's probably less than that actually. Cause some people, something will happen. They go, Oh God, I got to join this group. They click join. Right. And never <laughs> right. See them again, right. You know? So, um, right. it, it's, 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 a it's, they're preppers and then they're wannabes. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, right. I think there are a lot of wannabes out there, and the ones who want to prep are the ones I see at the meetings. Right. You know? 
So right. yeah, truly or, committed. Or constantly uh, go on the page and and take down notes or whatever we post on it. Yeah. Okay. So if you're one of the only folks who is prepared for something like this, something crazy happens. Um, and like you say, now there's whatever riding in the streets or just chaos right. emerging are like in one, in one sense, as a prepper, I would get the assumption that you would go with your family. You would try to find safety and, and, you know, exercise those skills. And then as a firefighter, you're kind of like, well, aren't I supposed to help these people? So what for you, um, I mean, obviously these scenarios have never happened yet for you, but w- what is that balance like? If something crazy were to happen, where would you feel tugged towards your family or towards helping other people along the way? I don't know if that would be such a drastic scenario. But... Well, it's a, it's a, it's a timing issue, right? See, that's mm. the problem. With each disaster, it, there's always a timing issue, right? So if it's a financial collapse, usually it's a lot slower than, than you know, people lead on the B, right? So you start seeing the signs early if you're paying attention. Um, if it's sudden, if it's something sudden, like a, a nuclear attack or or a small meteor that, that you know, enters the atmosphere and, and hits uh, a city somewhere close to black, no, sorry, the sun to black out, um, everything is timing. You, you know, how long do you stay before you go, right? Uh, that's, the, right. that's the magic question. Because you don't want to be the idiot outside of the city and then nothing happens. You know, your, your buddy calls <laughs> right. you like, there's a nuclear bomb in the city. And then you take your, your family, you leave work, you, 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 you go to the safe place and then nothing happens. Now you got to explain to your boss why you left so early, you know, so. Right, right. <laughs> things like that. Have you, have, yeah. have you set up like a, like a place that you will take your family? Like, like, do you have, I mean, you said you have a year's worth of food at your house. Do you have provisions elsewhere, like outside of the city that you set up? I have uh, a storage unit outside of the city. Um, we have a couple locations we're we're looking at yep. where we start storing stuff. Um, but, a group of you, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and okay. then you, and then you store stuff along the way to that site, right? Okay. Okay. So so uh, I mean that's that's the idea. Um, and is it is it practical? I, I guess you know. I mean, like you you don't want anything to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, you look sure. at this stuff as an insurance. You don't look at this as it's going to happen tomorrow. You look at yes. this as right. I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does, I'm squared away. Yeah. That's really interesting. The, the thing I keep thinking about is this idea between the difference between between being prepared and being like paranoid. It sounds like you have a really good grasp on this stuff where you're not paranoid about any of this crazy stuff happening but you're prepared for it and you're looking at all of these other people who are in no way prepared for some of the stuff that might happen. Yeah. At some and I'm point. kind of shocked. Like I'm shocked at that number you gave us um, for the groups. I, I thought it would be way more um, of people that are, that are actively trying to prepare and, and even just having this kind of top of mind. Um, I, I guess it would play out. I mean, if, if anything did happen, it would be pretty devastating just to see how many people are truly unprepared. Well, listen, you have people who say they're preppers and they're clearly right. not, right? Mm-hmm. So if the prepper community is um, a couple million, mm-hmm. I would probably take a third of that or maybe a quarter of that, actually, sorry. And that are that truly prepared. Window. Right. Um, yeah. Because you, you talk to people after a while, you start grasping what they have and what they don't, you know? Right. Um, so right. If people, you know, I have 
people who come to my house from time to time and, and interview me and they'll look like, oh, you're really prepared. I'm like, why would you think I'm lying? You know, right. um, <laughs> you know and, and we square, you know, you, you square yourself. Like I said, it's yeah. insurance. I don't look at it anything other than that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sitting there looking at the TV set or looking at the newspaper, reading between the lines and going, oh, this is what they really mean. You know, no, I just, uh, I take everything for what it is. There are some things to be read between the lines, but there are other things that uh, yeah, you just take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. How much of a push do you think um, you will need to kind of like? What are some of the trigger um, trigger moments that you'll need to to maybe get you to clue into like? Okay, now we need to go. We need to evacuate. Uh, again, it all depends. If it's a, like right. a pandemic or something. And people are getting mm-hmm. sick, and a cluster starting, like let's say downtown for some reason, mm-hmm. um, and you start seeing it spread throughout the day, throughout the the week. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to start, you know, moving further north. You know, um, right. uh, it, it, again, it all depends. If if it's a, uh, and I hate to say it, if it's a nuclear bomb, you're immediately leaving the area. You know, um, mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a storm, like a like a Sandy or something, you you hunker down, you stay here. You know, but if we were ever to get, uh, what is it, like a Category 5 hurricane or whatever it is, mm-hmm. top-grade hurricane you could possibly have, if that was hitting New York City, I would absolutely evacuate the family and then mm-hmm. come back and work. One of the things that, like, we, we, my wife and I were in New York City recently, and one of the things is just it is so shocking for me that I live in a, you know, a, a tiny Canadian town, rural, there's like a thousand people here. I couldn't, like, it's hard for me to just grasp the amount of, like, the concentration of people there. And it's just, it is really incredible. It's just, you're in a place where it's, it's so unique in the world where there's such a high volume of people. And, and you're absolutely right. Like, if something happens downtown, it, you know, it doesn't take long for something like that, like a, like a sickness pandemic to spread to all parts of the city. Um, Jason, before we let you go here, what are some, maybe just some practical tips you could give, uh, give some people to maybe start who are, you know, starting thinking about prepping. What are some easy steps to kind of get people interested in this and, um, to, to get going, to have something, um, in the, uh, in the unfortunate event? Uh, the, the first tip I have is don't panic. Um, no matter what you think, uh, don't think it's going to happen tomorrow, right? Because right. that's what that's what got yeah. me in my my tizzy when I first started. Okay, uh, right. I thought it was going to happen tomorrow, and I said we have to have this, we have to have that, and I, you know, I overspend and I I, I went through the roof. So that's the mm-hmm. first thing. Don't overspend. Also, look for uh, deals and sales on, on canned goods and MREs, um, and you know, keep your head about yourself. You know, don't go on those fake news websites, and then you know, see up oh, planet found going to hit earth you know don't look at those things right. <laughs> um right you, you have to be realistic uh yeah i mean it, it, that's pretty much it what are some of your uh, go-to canned items Ooh, good question. Uh, you know what we're switching over right now it, you know it, it used to be ship rd because it was cheap yep but ship rd is crap right so <laughs> um, <laughs> we're looking at uh <laughs> looking at a couple of organic companies right now. Um, we were looking at what was it, three sixty-five, but I and found w- out with, with the same shelf time. Like that's got to be one yes. of the big things, of course. Yeah, M- MREs are the way to go. Um, they have the longest shelf time. Right? What's MRE? Uh, meals ready to eat. 
Yeah, those military okay. meals. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that the, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, that the military guys carry. Those are the way to go. Um, hmm. But if you can go organic, if that's what we're doing, but it's expensive, you know. You go to a supermarket, you right. can get like five cans of Chef RD for like twenty five cents. Um, right, right. But uh, organic cans are they're expensive. Wow. They're like four dollars a can. So I mean, you know, there they goes there goes my money again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So it's picking up one every time you do your shop, I guess. Right. Slowly building up your stockpile. Right. And switching out the, 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 the bad stuff. Well, this is this has been really interesting, Jason. Thanks for sharing a little bit a little bit with us. Um, are there any other things you want to know? You know, our listeners they're typically interested in finding more adventure in the everyday. So our conversation today was was really about that. How do we you know survive? Are we prepared to um, be more adventurous with our surroundings and to know know ourselves, know our limits? I think there's neat conversation around testing yourself and being prepared but is there anything else that you think it would be good for our listeners to know about why being a little bit more prepared um is a good thing or any other uh things that you like to tell people about the prepping community well here's the about being prepared you should always be if you're not going to stock your house full of water and food be Mm -hmm. mentally be mentally prepared at the very least um being mentally prepared for something to happen your mind and your body is going to adapt to the situation faster than you think, right? If you walk around this planet thinking nothing's ever going to happen to me, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not going to happen to me because I live here, you're dead wrong, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, and, and, and I mean, a, a quick example was the, the, the plane that crashed in the house in, what was it, California the other day? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it fell right through the ceiling, right? I mean, right through the roof and, and crashed, sorry. Right through the right. roof of these people's homes, right? You have to be able to learn how to adapt to the situation. You have to be able to know that standing there too long could harm you more than, than not. But right. yeah. but reacting too quick and not knowing what you're doing can also get you hurt killed. Well, that's really helpful, Jason. Thank you. Uh, thank you for taking some time with us today. Thank you for inviting me, guys. Okay, Jason. We'll, we'll, awesome. uh, do you want to just quickly um, plug your, your website and your, your handle just so people can find you? Oh, uh, okay. Um, if you're in the New York area, the uh, name of the group is NYC Preppers on Meetup, and uh, my handle on Instagram is the Angry Prepper. I also have the this, that same handle on Facebook and uh, Tumblr. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Thank you, Jason. And and one more thing. What's the uh, what's the angry all about in the name? All right. Well, the the people had two choices. Um, when I was looking for a name. Jokingly, we were going with the chocolate prepper because of the obvious reason, and uh, <laughs> then I went with angry because that's what they refer to me at work. So, <laughs> <laughs> awesome! I just like looking at some of your Instagram pics, and you're walking around with an axe, and you're the angry prepper. I'm like, okay, this is not the like I want to be his friend because he's you know will, will be able to keep me safe, but at the same time, I don't want to. In the event of a disaster, this is the guy I want to be behind. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks, Jason. So awesome. Well, Jared, a lot to think about there. I mean, yeah, he he brought a lot of good points, and I just still can't get over New York City, the volume of people there, and just the amount of people that are kind of ignorant or oblivious to the possibilities that could really just turn their world upside down. Well, the thing that I kept thinking about is, 
is like I am for sure probably one of those wannabe preppers and I'm not even going to go that far. But if you think about it, I'm like, oh, I like the outdoors. I know how to make a fire. I've gone on canoe trips. I've like lived out like I've done winter camping. Right. So as far as this spectrum is concerned, I probably would put myself in a category that I should not put myself in. Right. Because when push comes to shove, yeah, like in a real, I mean, disaster scenarios aren't you know a saturday in july right it's it's uh yeah it's whenever yeah exactly so one thing that i also got here we had a jason he sent this by after was the 10 c's of survivability yes. so we chatted about a couple of them but let me okay, just read yeah. them out here and there we'll leave we'll put them in the show notes as well uh so the 10 c's of survivability uh cutting tools combustion devices covering elements containers cordage cotton materials cargo tape, candling devices, compasses, and canvas repair needle. That's there what, it is. What was number four there? Uh, containers. No, what's the, maybe the one after that? Uh, cordage. So that would be ropes, I would oh, say. Oh, cordage. Yeah, yeah, cordage, rope. yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like you want something to be able to cut, something to start a fire, something to cover yourself or make a shelter, something to put food in or other Some stuff sort like of that. Light. Yeah, you want light, you want cotton, uh, you want uh, ropes and whatnot, tape, candling devices. Does that just mean candles, or is that something different? I well, he we'll said that could be like flashlight or something. Oh, right, right, right. Compasses, that's important, a, and canvas repair. That's a pretty basic list, really. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, <laughs> like it was interesting. That's truly the basics. Because he was talking about just going out with this essentially man purse satchel, and you could fit all that. Yeah. Well, you could fit a bunch of that stuff in there. Oh, and yeah, then, like, easily. But imagine being out there with only that. I know. That's it's no crazy. food. You got to find no your own food. food. Yeah. No Chef Boyardee out in the woods. <laughs> that was a hilarious part of the conversation. I didn't expect it to go there. Yeah. 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 Also, it truly proves that in America, everything's cheaper. Three cans for 25 cents. <laughs> <laughs> what a deal. How on earth? Yeah. How I'd, on earth? So, I mean, I think like it's so interesting, right? And you, you touched on this a little bit, but about like. How far do you go and how, how, I mean, where's the balance of prepared and paranoid? Yes. Um, and, and I think he's, he had a really good, you know, he had good, good stuff to say on that where, I mean, exactly like you don't want to be the idiot on the outside of the city when everything's fine. You have to know and you have to have a lot of knowledge um, about the situation and, and how it affects you directly just to, just to know exactly what to do. Yeah. And I mean, that's so interesting because that, this idea of preparedness it touches pretty much every part of our life right like i think of mm-hmm. you and your child you just got your house ready for the kid you had to make a nursery you had to you know you have to have some yeah. clothes you got to have yeah. some plan for diapers you have to figure out the car seat like there's a lot of legitimate stuff that you need to do to prepare but yeah it's very interesting to figure out where is that line between being prepared and then just be like not l- being able to live because you're fearful of all the things that are going to happen and you constantly prepare for something that m- maybe won't happen yeah and i and i feel like kind of the ultimate state of paranoia would just be like staying put almost right i mean mm. it, in the event of a disaster like you're just so fearful and so scared that you just uh, kind of huddle up in a ball in your apartment and you just cannot move where right. it takes a lot of guts to kind of, you know, exactly what he wants to do, like just move out and go and get your supplies from your storage unit in New Jersey and then go yeah. to your safe place. Yeah. 
Well, I really like that analogy as well. If you think about it, we all live our comfortable everyday lives and it does mm-hmm. it does take a little bit of courage and a little bit of risk to step out and say, you know what, I'm going to take the first step to start this adventure. I'm going to um I'm going to make a little bit of a, a di- different choices to live a better story. And so it's interesting too the way that um the way that that kind of intersects with adventure and then that mm. idea of being prepared is also important you know i think of us starting this podcast we had a lot of stuff we had to prepare in order for it to actually work so i think this i think this leaves a lot for us to think about in terms of what it means to live an adventure and how to do it mm. and finding this balance of preparation and spontaneity and all of that stuff which is stuff we've talked about before but i think it's interesting yeah for sure yeah, I think it's yeah, it's pretty cool and it, it's opened up some neat conversation and I think just some I've definitely like it definitely made me think about a lot of stuff even just in our own like, you know, seemingly safe little environment that we surround ourselves in. Um disaster can come anywhere. So, let's uh let's do a quick little a quick little okay. exercise here, Calvin. Sure, um, calm down. We have a, a zombie apocalypse happen in Port Carling, okay. Ontario. Uh you know that the zombie horde is coming up from Barrie. All right. Yep. So okay. you, so okay. you, ha- okay. you have Fair time. Enough. What do you do? I literally know exactly what I would do. All right. So Hit me with r- it. You remember the first apartment that we rented when we moved here? I do. That was in our friend's house, like down the road from where we are? Yes. On that property, which is now owned by someone else, and they're actually a customer of mine, um, on that same property, um, they have a um, bomb bunker. Come there. on. And I know how to get into it. So wow. uh, there's nothing in there, but I mean, it's like a, it's a concrete bunker. So uh, and it's like pretty big. It would easily fit th- the three of us comfortably. OK, but is this guy not going to be using it? Well, no, because they're cottagers, right? Oh. So they're not here. Yeah. yeah. And so what would you do for food? Um, I would probably just grab my backpack if I'm like in my house right now. I would grab my backpack and I would just like load. Luckily, up. we um. When you guys were at our house this weekend, you loaded us up with freezer meals. <laughs> so I would just grab a bunch of those, and uh, I grab my ten C's, which yep. would probably take me about two hours to put together. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just hit the road. Okay. Well, next question: What is the minimum amount of baby stuff you're going to need? Because that's an interesting question. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Hmm. Because you just got a crap ton of it from showers and gifts and stuff you've bought. But what's the bare minimum you need? Well, I mean, here's the thing, Jared. There's no power in the uh, in the bunker that Ooh. I know of. So um, my first thought was to because we have this baby monitor that's a video camera, yeah. and that would be sweet to like set up outside. But there's no power. Well, let's say you could. You bring a battery, a converter. You got some time there, Barry. You have hours to set up your sick bunker. Setup. Oh, true. And they're on foot, right? Oh yeah, they're just on foot. Yeah, so I actually probably would figure out some sort of battery device and get that little baby monitor camera hooked up, and then. I don't know, man, like some like diapers and um, he doesn't sw- really like toys or anything. So some just like swaddles. a nice little, just some swaddling clothes, really. <laughs> and you a know, trough. To Jesus manger. was in a manger. So like, what does yeah, Noah really need much? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. That's pretty good. I, I think you would survive. Yeah, I think I would. You want to hit me with the scenario? See what all right. I, all right. See what scenario, I you're in, uh, you're in your townhouse and uh, Cole has a mental breakdown and is trying to kill you. You're all in the house together. What Dang. do you do? Dang. 
Well, that one, like paint. paint he's in the basement. He's in the basement. That's because where he chills and he's playing video <laughs> games. He's playing Call of Duty, and it gets to his head. He plays a lot of video games. We know this, and it just he snaps. This You're is upstairs in your studio, and he is. The, you hear commotion. You and Kate are just hanging out. What do you do? Well, I think in this case, if it's really that bad, we got to get out instantly, and we have no time to grab anything. No. So. Right. I would run out. I would grab the keys are in a, the keys are in a bowl by the by the door. I'd grab the keys, run outside, and yes. I would get in the car and I would just start driving. So you think you can make it to the front door before he mauls you? Oh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I I think so. Or can you jump out the back window of your upstairs where that back, sketch? Back window would be very sketch, and I don't have nearly enough cordage on hand to make myself a little rope to get down. No, so I think that's lesson number one. I got two. I got four belts I'm looking at right beside me here. That could do it. I think you're. I think you would have to figure out a way to get down, and get out the window. Get down, get out the window. I also yes. have like a good number of uh, of knives in my drawers up here, so I feel like I could like hold them at bay till I get out, got outside. <laughs> With a knife? Yeah. <laughs> he's like your best friend. <laughs> well, if he's gonna kill me, then it's really come down to a really crazy scenario. <laughs> yeah, but there's obviously an antidote that would knock him out of this. Oh, really? Well, so I, mean, I, I guess one of the C's it would actually be a T, and it's a tranquilizer. Tranquilizer. A little bit of rhino trank. No, Calvin, that, that scenario wasn't that good. I thought you were going to give me, like, that's an easy one. Just get out and get away, you know? But that's, Yeah, well, like, literally, how are you going to get out? You still haven't even solved it. You're still dead at this point. Well, I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, he's downstairs. If I'm upstairs, I can get out the front door before he uh, before he gets up the stairs. It's no, the because same there's distance. no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing if he's in the basement and you're upstairs that he wants to kill you. You just Obviously, told. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Obviously, well, he ran up and is clawing at the door. <laughs> I feel like you're really making Cole seem out to be a really bad guy in this scenario. In this scenario, yes, he's trying <laughs> to kill you, and you're my friend. So yeah, he's bad. Yeah, I don't know. I feel as though I would, uh, you know, maybe I'd just try to confront him and try to say, dude, it's all right. You don't need to be this way. And we'd just talk okay. it out. Talk it out. Negotiate. Do you have like a, in another scenario similar to what you gave me, do you have like a go-to place in mind that you would want to blast off to? Ooh, yeah. Well, I w- well, now that I know my buddy up north has a bomb shelter, that seems good to me. Three hours outside of the city, if I can No room for there. you, buddy. Dang no it. room. Dang it. Uh, you are not allowed. Well, I will come over. I will Plus, sap- there'd be a baby, and you don't like babies. He'd cry, and you'd freak <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm not even close to being ready to be a father. I just freak out. <laughs> just can't handle it. What is this thing? Dude, it's okay. <laughs> it's just a baby, man. Um, no, I'd, I'd, yeah. Ooh, good question. I, there's, I would say I'd go to one of these cottages on Georgian Bay. Oh, an island or something. Yeah, an island on Georgian, I don't, a cottage truly, island. That'd be, like, that truly would be the safest. Like, and then... I mean, there's that balance of, like, you don't want to be a sitting duck, but you also don't want to, like, screw yourself and run out of food in, like, four days and then go back for food, and it's, like, ten times worse. Yeah, you're so right. But I'd I'd go to your house, I'd steal your kayaks, and then I'd, you know, kayak out like we did that last summer. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not bad. So. Anyways, this was a, this was a, uh, I I hope people know how to survive a disaster now. I'm feeling, I'm feeling physically stressed out right now. Hey, well, I hope our, our listeners aren't after listening to this. And we gave them the 10 C's. I mean, what more can they ask for? Well, what more do they want? I mean, <laughs> just eat, figure out a plan. And, like, Jared, maybe get a rope ladder for your office. Come yeah, on. that's that's a really good point. Get a rope. Yeah. Well, we're, we're moving soon, right? So I'm going to have to do this whole new plan a little bit later. Yeah. 
But that um, might be easier because I'll have a garage where I can store. Maybe I'll have a bag with all the 10 C's just sitting in it that I can just grab and go. That's not bad. I mean, I, I think at bare minimum, people should fit, get a bag and put the 10 C's in there. Like, everyone should have that. Yeah? Why not? You, you don't think that's being paranoid? Not really. I mean, you do this in your car, right? Like, they always say, like, you should have a safety kit in your car of, like, a yeah. candle, a couple power bars, bottle of water, whatever. Yeah. I mean, is it so crazy to think that you should have that similar thing for your house? Mm, maybe not. Maybe and in not. the crazy times that we live in. Yeah. I know. Well, anyways, I think that was a pretty good episode. Calvin, nice to have you back, brother. Dude, it's good to be back, man. I missed it. I missed our time. <laughs> Uh, though I did appreciate Jerry filling in for me. That was great. I did listen in. Um, I like that little quick episode. I think we might do that more with guests. We sign into Skype, and there's people that are online who we've talked to before. That's a quick solution for an episode. <laughs> that's true. We already have there. <laughs> we just catch them off guard. I actually really like that because I was very curious um, about his trip in Texas, and we got to hear the full skinny. Well, and I followed him along on Instagram stories and photos, and like he was having a blast, and I was actually kind of jealous. Who so, would be? So it was nice to uh, nice to catch up with him for sure. But hey, thank you everybody out there for listening. Uh, we hope this episode helped you find a little bit more adventure in your everyday. We would ask two things of you, if you don't mind. The if first, you don't mind. The first, please just share this podcast with someone. Open your phone right now. Send them a text saying, hey, this podcast could be cool uh, for you to listen to. And together we can then go find more adventures. Let's go on an adventure. And then the second Better thing, yet. Jer, let me just oh, yeah, yeah, go yeah. in your podcast app, open up our podcast, and then click the share and then oh, email yes. it. That's the best thing ever. I do that to you all the time. Yeah, that's so awesome. easy, that little share function. Yes. Um, you guys have tons of people if you have an iPhone with iMessage, and then it just goes over super, super quick if you're on the iTunes and whatnot and the podcast app. So that's the first thing. Please just share it. We, we would ask you to do that. Second thing, if you uh, have been enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes. At hey, one yes. at one point, we were on the charts for New and Noteworthy, um, and that was really cool. And that can still happen again, I think, if we get some more reviews. So review the show. Give us uh, anywhere between one and five stars based on how you feel. And that'll that'll help go a long way. Write a couple of words to us. We, are, we want your feedback. We want to listen to what you have to say. So those are my two requests for today. Share it with someone and leave a review. And... Get yourselves in order. Get your house in order because disaster <laughs> is just a stone's throw away. <laughs> you never know when disaster will strike. And with that, we hope you have a great week. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>